0: This is an audio-only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. Or go to www.memyselfanddie.com. All of the show's playlists, social media links, and other material can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. He places it on the frozen blue silver pillar of ice in front of him. This, of course, is a sort of gold pillar, but it's all I had available, so I just plopped it down because I thought it was kind of cool. Well, hello and welcome back once again to me, myself, and I. I am, as always, your and Trevor, GM host and player Trevor DeBell. Thank you so much for joining me here today. And if you do enjoy the show, please do hit like and subscribe. It really helps us out. And if you want to help support the show on Patreon, that's a huge help to us as well. There's a lot of people who have already signed up, and I thank you to all of my patrons, both new and old. If we can get to 500 patrons, I'm going to release a special behind-the-scenes documentary about how I solo play and specifically how I make this show. So if you're interested in being part of that, by all means, sign up. So... When last we left Edbert, he had made his way to the heart of Devona to discover that it was, in fact, a giant underground iceberg, so to speak. The ice itself somehow had the power of Devona in it. He could hear her voice, such as it was, invading, infecting his memories as though she was always there. So kind of screwing with him a little bit. Or perhaps she wasn't. He had managed to swim his way across the island to the iceberg, knowing that there was something swimming in the water, some sort of guardian, which he successfully evaded but he was ready to commune with devona by putting his naked ungloved hand onto the ice for that was the only way to determine how exactly to awaken the heart if he chooses to do so because as we discovered last time devona had saved her people before by flooding the island so is that what she wants to do again edbert is not entirely certain so we're gonna find out today however before we do, what often happens when you're playing these kind of games, especially by yourself, solo, is something will come up, some random thing, and you're not exactly sure what it means, so then you go away and you think about it. And you think, oh, I wonder what that means. You have the luxury of time. I typically don't. I make things up in the moment. However, I have had some time to think about this, and I've come up with something that I think is super cool and a really, really interesting explanation for a lot. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to roll the dice to see if my explanation is, in fact, accurate or whether it is inaccurate or just all out wrong. So, first rule of the game, our chaos factor is at six. Is my idea about what's happening here, is it fairly accurate? Very likely, because I really want it to be. <laughs> 53 is, of course, a yes. So, Edward pulls off his glove. He is freezing, it is so, so, so cold in here. You he can see his breath, he's covered in Icy water now because he just clambered out of the, the churning icy pool here, fed by the underground river. He is in danger of hypothermia if he's not careful, but he takes his ungloved hand and he places it on the frozen blue silver pillar of ice in front of him. This, of course, is a sort of gold pillar, but it's all I had available, so I just plopped it down because I thought it was got a goo. He puts his hand on the pillar, having no idea what's going to happen, having no idea at all about how this interaction with Devona. The storm goddess of the sea is going to go. But he hears again that voice, the voice of Devona in his head. And he hears not words exactly, but the images of his own memories are rearranged in such a way as to imply a meaning of words. And those words that he hears are again this kind of the impression of a silky but harsh feminine voice, otherworldly. Definitely the voice of something from beyond. And the voice says to him something that takes him rather by surprise. Edbert, it is a surprise to be talking to you again so soon. Again? What are you talking about? He speaks these words, of course, but there's no one to hear him. There's only the the churning of the underground river flooding into this icy cavern. Whatever is the matter, dear Edbert, do you not remember? And at that moment, some of his locked memories come flooding back. But again, they're infiltrated. Almost like the images he has of his own memories are are surrounded by these blue, silver kind of tendrils that that seek to, to worm their way into every aspect of his memories, absorbing them, making them its own. It's a very, very strange and kind of harsh experience. But the memory that he has is, Edward, is on a beach he is on the run he knows that the order of the purifying flame has tracked him to this island and he has to get off it and he has to find a way to procure the soul cage before they do. He knows this. This is his memory. He has no idea where this soul cage could be, and in his utter desperation, he wades into the warm tropical waters of the sea that surrounds the Serpent's Teeth Islands, and he raises his hands to the sky, calling out over the waves the name of Devona, yes, Edbert. In his desperation a prayer to the sea goddess herself, a goddess he is no friend of, but such is his desperation. And he cries out to her in his memory to help him find the soul cage, that he will pay any price as long as she can take him from this place away from the wrath of the order so that he may find the soul cage. And in the memory, Devona responds. In that terrifying moment of making communion with a living goddess. Devona tells him in this memory, as he's standing in the waters, the waters which of course Devona controls, she hears his prayer and tells him that yes, there is a map to the soul cage. It is on board a certain ship, and that she can take him as close as she can possibly get him. For the ship, of course, is made of wood, and wood is of the land over which she has no control or sway whatsoever. But she can put him by her power through the waters that she controls as close as is possible but she tells him there is always a price in that moment in his moment of desperation he says yes yes i will pay it whatever the price is i will pay it and in that moment in that memory her laughter begins to surround him almost envelop him like a warm wet oceanic hand. (laughs) Ooh, creepy. Edward pulls himself back into the present, removes his hand from the pillar of ice in front of him. So that's the reason why I woke up in the surf on the shore of that island. You took me there. You transported me there. Through the waters, itself. Again, the voice permeates his mind and his memories. There was a bargain struck, dear Edward, and you were willing to pay the price. Well, dare I say it? What was that price? Have you not already guessed? This place, this tower of ice, my heart, as it is called by some, this houses the memories of all those who the sea has touched. So this giant iceberg, it holds the memories of countless folk. Anyone who's ever been touched by your waters, is that it? Have not the poets, after all, said that The sea has a long memory. Surely you guessed such a thing when you encountered the forgetfulness gas that was used as a trap to the entrance of this place. Surely you didn't think that was merely some randomly generated thing. Most of the memories here are retained by their originators safe and sound. But some memories... Ah, the ones that are given in sacrifice for a boon those are mine to draw sustenance from so in exchange for you bringing me as close as you could to the drunken ghoul i gave you my memories from the time i was in hoon all the way until the moment i woke up on that island that was the bargain that you willfully struck i don't suppose you'd be willing to give me those memories back there is a rippling laughter in his mind that echoes through the chambers of his memories. Your memories, Edbert.
1: Your memories
0: are so very, very sweet. I do not think I will be giving them up anytime soon. Alright, well that's not creepy at all. Well, I suppose it doesn't really matter, does it? I seem to have already put together the things I need to know to get to the Soul Cage. So, uh... I suppose you could go on feeding on that memory, Devon. Oh, I will. Well, that certainly answers how I wound up on that island. But it doesn't answer how I can help Slistar, the lizard man who represents his people on this island. He seemed to think that I could awaken you somehow so you could come to his defense. But what exactly does it mean to awaken this heart? How will that protect the people? You're going to flood the island again? Ah, my beloved lizard folk. I have always protected my beloved people, and I will do so again. And at that moment, Edward's attention is drawn to a part of the pillar right in front of where his hand is. It's like a little piece of ice, like a, almost like a little ice shard that is even now working its way out of the main iceberg. It's a shard about, well, you know, hand size or so, and it's working itself out, almost like the, the handle of a dagger or something. If my people require protection again, I will provide it. Take this ice shard. It will survive any heat these tropical lands can produce. To unleash its power, merely hold it in your hand and call upon me. It will melt. And at that moment, so too will the heart of Devona. So it will flood the island again, not with water. It will release all of the collected memories that are housed here in the heart. Those memories will, like a tide, fill the minds of every human on this island. And what effect is that going to have on them? It would be safe to assume that after their brains are flooded with the memories of tens of thousands of individuals, their memories of my lizard folk will no longer seem so important to them. You'll drive them all mad. There's silence, which Edbert takes to mean yes. Even if I were to do this, Devonan, how am I supposed to get out of here? The legends about this place, I'll say that no one's ever escaped alive. No one has ever got this far before. Truly, you are a special individual, Edbert. Again, this sort of haunting, eerie laugh pervades his memories. There are two ways out of this place. One is through the waters itself. I can do for you what I have already done once before. Transport your person through my waters back to Slystar's waters. But for that transport, there is always a price. And what's the second option? Well, simply go back the way you came. There is, of course, the matter of dealing with my pet. And at that moment, there was a massive splash from the water as a Form bursts forth from the water about halfway between the island and the stairs, and that form is of a dreadful, hideous serpent. The serpent roars with a dreadful howl, echoing and reverberating off the interior of the the cavern. Edward kind of spins around, instinctively grabbing his sword... The beast makes no move towards him, it merely splashes up, reveals itself, and then disappears back underneath the surface of the water. The choice is of course yours, Edbert. Edward. Hmm, Edward's only taken one damage, but that thing looks pretty deadly. Does he really want to fight that thing in the water where it has all the advantages, and then try and navigate his way back through any traps he may have missed? Or does he take Devona at her offer? and be transported back to Slista, although with a price to be paid, which, although I'm sure it has something to do with his memories again, because that seems to be a real feature of Devona's uh, pantheon, basically, or her, her realm of influence. But that will be determined randomly, that price. So what is it going to be? Does he want to fight this thing at a pretty big disadvantage, or does he want to take his chances with a sea goddess who has proven herself to be pretty psychotic at a lot of times? Hmm, Edward is a bloodthirsty, fella, but he's not a fool. He's not suicidal. Edbert really doesn't like Devona, really doesn't trust her. Certainly not after he's discovered that he already entered into some sort of horrible pact with her, and the price was his memories. Although she was good for her word, she did take him as close as she could reasonably get him to the map. So she does keep her word, but at what cost? This time, is he going to fight the beast? Oh, that would be really bad. You know what? I think he's got to focus on the big picture here. He's got to focus on the big game. He's got to focus on getting to the soul cage. That is his true objective. He reaches towards the ice shard and pulls it forth. Sure enough, he realizes that it's not reacting to the warmth of his hand at all. He knows, because Devona told him, but he also now knows instinctively now that he's holding it, that if he was to grasp it and invoke Devona, it would melt and so too would the heart of Devona, releasing the flood of tens of thousands of memories into the minds of every living person on this island. Except, of course, for Edbert, and except, of course, for the Lizardmen, because they are her protected people. All right, Devona. Much as I hate doing business with someone like you, I've got to admit you have kept your word in the past. And frankly, I've no interest in being ripped apart in the water by your little pet there. So, take me back to Slistah. And he steps into the shallows of the icy water around the island. The creature in the water again rears its head, sensing a prey, sensing a meal perhaps, and begins to race towards him. But Devona is good for her word. And he blacks out. When he comes to, he is no longer cold. In fact, it's sweltering hot. He realizes he's lying face down in water. Not icy water, warm, tepid swamp water. And he comes to, he splashes up, gets to his knees, looks around. He is back in the jungle outside of Dengmarsh. And as he looks up in front of him, he can see three figures emerging from the mist. Slista and two of his Guards. So let us determine what the nature of the price of Devona's help to get him out of that cavern is going to be. We're just going to randomly roll on the action and subject tables. 44. Release. 52. Release dispute. Release dispute. Well, that has to do with the lizard folk. Release them from their dispute. He has to help them. Oh, it's about the tadpole. Yeah, it's about the tadpoles. I have an idea about the tadpoles. I think that what these things were, I think these things were actually guardians, like a species of guardian that the lizard folk raised and and basically bred as these giant protectors, but the guardians have been ex- essentially extinct for for generations, for centuries. Or so Celeste thinks, but they haven't been extinct. They've been awaiting Liberation. They've been basically being protected in a kind of suspended animation in a way in the Temple of Devona. She has a vested interest in protecting her people, her chosen people, the lizard folk. Yeah, I think there's a little flashback here. A little, little. (laughs) I think as Edbert is right before he goes unconscious, there's words in his mind that dictate to him what the price is. Long have I protected my people and their guardians, those tadpoles that you keep around your neck. They are the last of them. It has been many centuries since the Lizard Folk have had their guardians to protect them. I have been nurturing them here, waiting for an appropriate time to release them back into the island. It seems as though that time is now. It is time for their liberation. You, Edbert, will deliver them into the hands of Slistar and allow the Lizard People to once again. Breed and grow their protector species. If you do not do this, I will find you anywhere in the seas that you are, and you will regret betraying the agreement you made with Devona. So Edbert gets to his feet, Slister approaches. You are alive. What's the matter, Clista? didn't think I could do it. No, no, of course not. Of course we had consummate faith in your abilities to deliver. And speaking of deliver, he kind of looks down and he sees the the glowing vials that Edbert is wearing. Edbert, remembering his vow, kind of sighs, takes off the string of vials and hands them over to Slysta. Do you know what this is? Slysta's kind of lizard eyes blink and go wide as he looks at these vials. These are young guardians. How is this possible? They have been extinct for centuries. No, not extinct. Just, them, um, sleeping. Devona herself has instructed me to deliver them to you so that you can, uh, I don't know, raise them. Probably to help you protect yourselves from other threats like the humans at Dagmarsh. I see. This is a princely gift. Beyond all our expectations of what you would have done for us, you have my Thanks. And the thanks of all the lizard folk of this island. But I must ask, did you awaken the heart of Devona? Mm, not exactly, no. But there is this, and he produces the icy shard. Again, Slistad's eyes go wide. He sees this piece of ice. This shard is a piece of the heart of Devona. The heart itself houses tens of thousands of memories of anybody who has ever... Across the Vona's seas. If this shard is melted, it will also melt the heart, releasing those memories into this island and into the minds of every human on it. Slista just kind of stares at him, blinking, his forked tongue sort of coming in and out of his mouth. Listen to me, Slista. This will protect your people, but at the terrible cost. The fate of every human on this island would be far worse than death if this is used. This is a mighty weapon indeed. Indeed it is. Are you then going to fulfill your bargain with us, human? We have offered you protection in the days that you have been gone. What? Days? What do you mean, days? Well, it has been four days since you entered the temple. For me, it's only been a few hours. Ah, perhaps... The memory of the event has been taken from you already. It has been said in the most remote legends of Daylor that it had a effect upon the memories of those who entered it. It might explain why no one has ever left it. Or at least remembered that they did. Devona made me promise that I was going to help you. That was part of the deal. Why I was able to escape it all. She made me promise to hand over these... uh, Guardians, which I've already done. What as for the use of this doomsday weapon... I don't know, Lestar. We have fulfilled our part of the bargain. Will you fulfill yours and awaken the heart? No. You will not? If I melt this thing, every human being on this island goes... Pretty much instantly mad. I will not consign an entire island's worth of people to that. But I can't go back on my word to you either. You did keep your end of the bargain. So here's what I'm going to do. He holds the shard out to Slista. Slista very tentatively puts his claw (laughs) out to take it. Edward goes to put it in his hand and just hesitates for a second melting this shard and the heart will protect your people that is true but you're going to have to ask yourself Slistar, is it worth the cost and he takes it and he puts it in Slistar's hand I will not be responsible for what happens here this is your island and your people it ought to be your decision but Slistar, and he grabs his hand kind of pulls him a little closer to him Find another way. Hmm? This is a great power you give to me, Edbert, and I am willing to accept it as completion of your part of our bargain. I will do my best to find another way to protect ourselves. I will consider this heart of Devona to be. A weapon of last resort. That's enough for me, then. Now, if it truly has been a few days, well, I think it's time for me to uh, hit the road and get back to my ship. You have proven yourself a credit to your race this day, Edbert the Human. Slistar and his folk will not soon forget what you have done for us. You will be welcome here any time in the future know this and go with the blessings of slistar you know he he's done quite a thing here he's he's basically given the lizard folk total control over their own destiny that's pretty big i wonder if the lizard folk are going to reward him with something else i'm going to call it somewhat likely that he chooses to reward him with something else and the answer is a extreme yes and i know what it is Few humans have ever proven themselves as trustworthy and as noble as you have proven yourself to us, Edbert. And so, I wish to give you a gift, a great gift, a princely gift. And he removes one of the vials of the guardian, young of the, of the glowing tadpole, and he hands it over to Edbert. This is the young of the ancient guardians of my people. Now that they have been released from Daelor by you and given back to our folk, I wish to reward you with one. Well, it's a nice green torch, I suppose, but... uh, Oh, it is much more than that, I assure you. Care for this creature. Feed it two drops of blood every day and allow it to grow in darkness and soon It will mature to its full stature and be loyal to you. Like this is going to be like one of those alligator men that you conjured up as an illusion? Yes, only this time it will be no illusion. It will be the real thing. This is the least we could do for you, allowing us to turn our illusions into true reality. Again... You have our thanks. Takes the tadpole, secretes it away in a pocket. Hmm, that's going to be an interesting thing. Hmm. Edward just kind of nods. And turns for the swamp and goes back to Dengmarsh. Now here's the thing. Surely Captain Townsend had sent men over the past four or five days, however long it's been since Edward was actually in the temple. But Slysta was good for his word. My question for the fate chart is, did Townsend give up the chase, which allows Edward the chance to basically sneak his way, if he can, back into town and get to back to the ship without anybody knowing that he was there. Basically, did Townsend's men go into the, into the marsh, find no evidence for Edward being there whatsoever, thanks to the help of Slista and his folk, and basically assume that he must have been killed by Slista and his folk? That's the question. Did Townsend's men assume that in the past few days that Edbert was killed in the swamp. I'm gonna say it's somewhat likely. 80% chance. 46, the answer is yes. Edbert is able to wait for nightfall and sneak his way back up through the docks, through the town, and get to a boat. Oh, here's the thing, is uh, is some of his crew still there looking for him? That, oh, that's, that's, I mean, they're not gonna leave without him. We, 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 we never know, we're gonna ask. It's an earshot thing. Yes, there's definitely a crew member waiting for him. In fact, we're going to say it's Wyndham, the swordsman, who Edward bested. uh, When Wyndham sees him, Where the hell have you been? We've been looking for dice for you. It's a long story. Look, let's just get out of here, right? And they do. They get back in the boat, and they row, under the cover of darkness, back to the Grey Mariner, which, by this point, has been renamed. Did they rename it the Drunken Ghoul? I think they did. (laughs) I think, dad insult to injury, I think Nikola basically called the Grey Mariner the Drunken Ghoul. He still has Shoris Greta as a captive on board, unless he ransomed him or something. Actually, let's just ask that. Does Aero Nikola still have Captain Shores Greta as a captive? I'm gonna call that very likely actually, before we move on here. Yes, he does in fact still have Shores Greta on board. He has renamed the Grey Mariner, the Drunken Ghoul, the Drunken Ghoul 2. <laughs> It. I think it's pretty likely that um, C- uh, Captain Nicola has been able to resupply the ship, to repair it, and to get more more crewmen on board. I think that's somewhat likely. Oh yes, extreme yes. <laughs> Another extreme yes. Edward gets back on the ship. Captain Nicola greets him. Where the hell have you been all this time, eh? We've been looking all over for you. Yeah, I know Wyndham told me as much, look, it's a long story, but uh Captain, I think it's time that you and I had a serious talk about this map in your head I think it's time to go after the soul cage I couldn't agree more at first light we'll set sail and discuss what comes next Edward goes into his quarters preparing to have a long nap a long sleep he pulls out this green bile that he was given and he looks at it the tadpole is in, in murky green water but he can see it moving and he pulls out the stopper. It's just a small little thing like that. He looks inside. He pulls his knife and he just just pricks his finger a little bit. Just, just enough. And he takes his finger over the, the open vial and he just squeezes two drops of his own blood into the water. The tadpole rises to the surface of it and immediately begins to consume the blood. And as it does so, the water becomes a little more murky and the tadpole Edward is sure, he's sure he sees this right before the water becomes a little too murky to see anything. He's sure he sees the tadpole just, just grow in size. Instantly. Just a little bit. <laughs> okay, end of scene. Characters, well, I think we can safely add Devona, the sea goddess, as a character, because it turns out she was pretty important. I think we can add the young guardian, and I'm going to add that as a thread to raise the young guardian. Oh, yes, we did, of course, uh, awaken the uh, the power in the swamp, uh, so awaken the heart of Devona. He didn't actually do that, but he did complete the thread. He just put the choice into the hands of Slistana. So that thread is effectively done. Great. Our chaos factor, I think, is going to go back down to five. And the new scene is going to be Edbert consults with Captain Nicola on board the Drunken Ghoul 2, as they plan their route, following the map in Captain Nicola's head on the way to find the Soul Cage. Is that scene interrupted or altered? Chaos factor is five, four, yes it is. So something happens between the time when Edward goes to sleep on the cabin and the, the beginning of the morning, the next morning. What is the event focus of the interrupting scene? Event 37. Move toward a thread. Currently, we have six threads. Which one is it? Which one is it? Vale and Carlos marooned. Move toward a thread. Okay. <laughs> so, Edbert goes to sleep that night with a much earned rest, dreaming about what will come in the morning when they set out on their first leg of the journey towards finding the Soul Cage. But. Obviously, and unbeknownst to him. Miles and miles and miles away across the water. Nautical leagues away. On the island. Where Vale and Carlos were marooned. I think I know what this is, but I'm going to dice for it. 27. Praise? 72. Adversities. Carlos and Vale and the rest of the crew. The emaciated, starving crew of the Grey Mariner are sitting on the beach. The waves, the the, the ocean water lapping up on the beach under a moonlit night. A series of small fires are lit on the beach. Vale sits by the fire, poking the flames with a stick, her mind miles away. Carlos sits beside her, silent but fidgeting a bit, as though he's searching for words of comfort to give her. Vale, I am certain that this exile will not continue for much longer. The Suppered Islands are filled with travelers of all sorts. Surely there will be some boat that comes along soon to rescue us. Vale doesn't say anything. She doesn't even look at him. She just pokes the fire, brooding on its flickering light. Carlos continues fumbling his way through any kind of words that might give her comfort, he fails at that, uh, but he continues uh, ineptly as he is trying desperately to comprehend the love that he he really desperately desires from her. As he's in the middle of of another blathering speech about how things are going to be great and and, and everything's going to be fine, Vale notices something off in the distance. She raises her hand. Carlos immediately shuts up. What is it that you see out there? She looks out into the darkness. She stands up and moves around to the far side of the fire. She stares, stares into the darkness. Carlos comes up beside her. He can't see anything out there. All he hears is the the cries of seabirds, the lap of waves coming up on the beach. What do you see out there, Vale? And for the first time in long days, a smile comes across Vale's face. and She says one word rescue.